Good evening, everybody. Welcome to a very, very special edition of Wrestling with the Future Presents. Talk is cheap tonight. Unchecked wrestling egos. And to walk us through this muck and mire and the, uh, the, the I don't even, I want to be kind when I start off the show. The minefield of bullshit from professional wrestlers. I have one of the best in the business, a guy I've known for about 20 years or so. Mr. Michael Murphy, Armageddon. Hello, Michael. How are you? Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Wrestling with the Future. And tonight, bringing us uh, around uh, to, to even up the panel tonight, is my co-host each and every week. She is Amelia Pitbull Chapman. Hello, Amelia. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fired the hell up. Well, tell me I what happened. fired up. Tonight unchecked wrestling egos let me tell you how this night started michael it's st- my light my night started last night yes um i booked roddy piper's daughter teal piper to be on the show i booked her three weeks ago she confirmed three times with me that she would be on the show tonight even confirmed it as late as six o'clock last night at 6.20, she says, something came up. Let's reschedule. I'm sorry. It doesn't work that way. When you're booked for me and you're booked for let's put it this way. If I booked you for a show, Mike, and you decided at 20 minutes before your match starts, oh, I don't, I'm not going to go on the night because something came up on the way here. Are you going to? 86 the show or are you going to honor your commitment to the show and deal with your personal stuff later well first off uh, if I'm booked on a show I never 86 a show unless it's a like a family emergency or something if I'm booked on a show I do the show no matter what that's that's just the rule of wrestling exactly exactly and so it, it's bad enough that it happened once, but it happened twice. Okay. So uh, let me tell you what happened. Uh, I booked Teal Piper, nice, all, by all accounts, a nice lady. Um, all of a sudden, 20 minutes after confirming with me that she would be here tonight. And I'm calling you out, Teal. So if you and your boyfriend want to get mad at me, I don't really give a shit. Okay. Just deal with it. Here's the thing. You made a commitment to this show. Okay? You're not getting paid for this show. You knew that going into it. You make a commitment to be here. You stay here. If you have a problem with honoring your commitments, get the fuck out of the wrestling business. I can't imagine your father ever 86 in somebody because he didn't feel like showing up. Speaking of which, let's talk about some unchecked egos in this business. Miranda Gordy, who's been a guest on this show before. Okay. Miranda Gordy wants $75 all of a sudden now to do a show. First of all, Miranda, before you start charging people to do a podcast, learn how to fucking work. Okay? That's a start. You know, just because you got your father's name doesn't mean you can work. Because I got news for you, babe. You can't. Okay? You can't. 
Now, number three, last but not least, number three. If you're going to make a commitment to a show, a promoter, a group, a civic organization, honor, honor your commitment. That's something Mr. Murphy and I egregiously hate when people do not honor their commitment because there is sadly, Michael, sadly, Amelia, there is no honor left in the wrestling business. Honor has gone by the wayside. And tonight, I'm taking stabs and shots at everybody. Exactly. Because I'm pissed off and I'm done with it. You know, you heard me announce last night we were done with the wrestling business. Absolutely. This is why. This Mm -hmm. shit is why. Exactly. Okay? I spent 45 years. 45 years. Involved in and around professional wrestling, mostly in, okay? Understand something. I made my living in this business. I got paid for the, from this business to do what I do best. I can't say that for a lot of people. There are people today, and I, I shake my head. I shudder to think where this business has devolved into. Mm-hmm. What happened to the days when wrestling was wrestling? What happened to when athletes looked like athletes? And men were men and tough men were barrel-chested guys with hair on their chest. And had a set of balls. Well, you know, those days, the, the times when, you know, I came up in the business, the time when you were in the business, the days of guys like, and I've, I've mentioned their names before, guys like, you know, Dusty Rhodes, Tully Blanchard, uh, Arn Anderson, you know, the Four Horsemen, Dick the Bruiser, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, Dick Slater, you know, got professional wrestlers. Those days are gone. They're they're dead. Yeah. And right. the commitment to the business that was what we had then has definitely changed. It's not the same now as it was back then. Okay, so we've already laid that groundwork. You and I have discussed it at length. Yeah. There's it's become more commercialized. If you can sell a pair of sneakers or a cheeseburger or something on a show and you know you can put a face to it, you know, and that's where the money's gonna be made. Yeah. Uh I personally think that Vince McMahon took his father's business and killed it. Exactly. Absolutely killed it. Destroyed it beyond all recognition. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, yes. did what they, he did what the military calls, and you know this, Michael, the military calls this a foobar. Fucked up beyond yeah. all recognition. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. Yep, because you said it correctly. It was it's professional wrestling, and now it's just wrestling. Amelia, talk to me about that. Where did it go off the rail for you? I, to me, it actually after like the 80s and everything, and like you said, after Vince McMahon took it over, 
the WCW, pretty much after that, it just went downhill. Because, like he said it perfectly, professional wrestling is now just wrestling. You know what? It's interesting, Mike, that she points to Vince taking over WCW because she's not alone in that. There are a lot of people. No, lots of people feel that. Yeah, I myself is one of them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was going to say, you you and I are among those people. Um, I think, you know, you know me, Michael, you know me a long time. I've Mm -hmm. always had the adage, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Exactly. You know, Mm -hmm. the problem is he took something that wasn't broke and proceeded to break it Mm -hmm. by trying to fix something that wasn't broke. Mm hmm. Yes. That's what happens if you try to fix well, something see, that's not, not broke. That, Go ahead, Michael. Not, not only that, Angela, but you got to remember something. Back then, it was professional wrestling. See, I, I myself, I was a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. I am not, nor have I ever been, a sports entertainer. No. No. Okay, and that's what professional wrestling air quotes is now it's sports it, entertainment there's oh, a yeah. big difference between pro wrestling and sports entertainment yeah mm-hmm. well here's the thing and, and thank you for pointing that out mm-hmm. um we pointed that out in great detail and and great candor last night um if you haven't seen last night's show please watch it and go right to the end of the show you will not be disappointed, I assure you. Um, Leon Barfield says Vince killed wrestling. Mm-hmm. Leon, you will not get an argument from me, my friend. You will not get an argument from me. Vince absolutely decimated professional wrestling. Leon, you're a fan. Let me ask you a question. Where did it go off the rail for you, Leon? And we'll, uh, as, while you're answering that, we'll talk here amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Murph, talk to me about, um, in your opinion, where it went off the rail. I know where it went off for Amelia. She mm-hmm. says WCW and Vince's takeover. I think we lost sound. Yeah, Mike, get closer to your microphone, my friend. I can't hear him. Can't hear him. Yeah. With Mike, we have uh, your mic. There he is. Oh, there you go. Yeah, your microphone was cutting out. Then it went to this PG rated. Rob, crap. That they put out there. Mm-hmm. It's just a bad product. It's it's a bad joke. Mm-hmm. You know, the re- yeah. Professional mm-hmm. wrestling used to have storylines. Mm-hmm. It yeah, it's interesting. Behind, something you could feel. Michael, it's interesting that you're saying yeah. that because Leon is chiming in with that. He says, for him, it went off the rails. The WWF in the 1980s with the so-called hee-haw skits they did. And he's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. You know? 
Um, and I understand, Mike, exactly where you're going with this. One of the problems is, and follow me on this, one of the problems is the business has devolved so far into the abyss of the evolutionary process, you can't even recognize it anymore as wrestling. It's not entertainment. It's not sport. It certainly is not sport entertainment because there's nothing sport about it and there's nothing entertainment about it. It's not. So what happened to wrestling? Effectively, in my opinion, professional wrestling is now and will always be dead, barring some great renaissance from some outside-the-box thinking person that's not named McMahon. You took the words right out of mouth, exactly what I was thinking. It's like you were in my mind saying what I was going to say exactly. Wrestling is dead to me now. I, I, I'll tell you what. I've seen one professional wrestler out there, and that's why I've said this to you before. Uh, this kid has it. Yeah. He can work. He can talk. You can cut a promo. Yeah. Not something that a lot of wrestlers can do. All three. Right. MJF. Mm-hmm. MJF kid, is a remarkable kid. Yes. He's, he's like gifted with the soul of an old school wrestler. Mm-hmm. He really is, Michael. I, I think you would agree with that. You know? Oh, definitely. Um, Amelia, what do you think of MJF? Uh, Michael and I really like him a lot. Yeah, he's really great. Uh, really great persona. Great persona. Like, you know, you give him the mic just like, you know, you did the wrestlers like Ric Flair, you know, talk to talk, walk to walk. They can yeah, do it. That's, that's exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. The problem I have with MJF, mm-hmm. and it's the only, the only problem I have with mm-hmm. MJF, mm-hmm. is he talks too much. Yes. His promos are too long. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, a but you gotta admit they they keep you on the edge of your seat. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no argument, brother. No yeah. argument from me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, let yeah. me ask you, Mike. You and I have talked about this before, and you and I have both worked with guys that spend way too much time on the mic and don't know how to work a mic. <laughs> and, and you know who I'm talking about too. I'm I'm not going to say any names. <laughs> okay, well I will then. Tony Thorne. Uh okay, I will agree with you. Um I've I've worked you. I've, I'll tell you I've worked Thorne before and uh, you know it was a it was a long time ago, but you know. Here's the thing. It wasn't the best match in the world. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing then, Mike. We're talking about unchecked egos in the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. It seems to me that we have a generation, and it really troubles me greatly. And I'm not saying this, you know, for dramatic effect. I mean, for real. It really, really troubles me greatly that we have a generation of 18, 19-year-old rest, so-called wrestlers mm-hmm. that are already selling promo pictures 
and videotapes before they ever have a fucking match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My question is, what are they selling? If you haven't had a match, what are you selling, kid? Exactly. Because I asked that to a guy. I said, how many matches have you had? Well, I haven't had one yet. Well, what's on that damn tape you're selling? Oh, those are people I like. Oh, my really? God. <laughs> really? Do me a favor. Go home, take your tape with you, and watch it. Maybe you'll learn something. Because <laughs> the $3,000 that? that you spent for wrestling school didn't pay you off, brother. You know, when I when I was coming up in the business when I first started, Incredible. Uh, one thing I was told in the locker room, go in the locker room, shake hands with everybody, introduce yourself, then put on your gear, work out your match with who you're working, then sit down and shut up exactly. and watch. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shut your mouth and open the ears. And, you know, ask questions. Which a lot of these kids don't do nowadays. Nowadays, these kids, their egos show up the locker room 20 minutes before they do. Yeah. Here's the problem I have. And you and I have talked about this. Amelia, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. Mm -hmm. And you've not heard this yet. Okay. One of my biggest pet peeves, and Mike will tell you, is a guy spending 45 minutes to work out a six-minute match. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. When you're spending more time working out your match than the match is, mm-hmm. you better find something else to do for a living because wrestling is not where you want to be. Exactly. In my day, when we got into the ring, we called it in the circle. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay? That squared circle was where everything started and finished. Mm-hmm. You walked oh, into the building that night. You didn't know who you were going to work until you walked into the building. Uh, and sometimes you didn't know until just before the match. Mm-hmm. Give me a beginning, a, a turnaround, and the ending. That's it. The rest, we work out in the ring. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. And now it's yeah, all choreographed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you find you go in the locker thing. room, you find out who you're working, you tell mm-hmm. them, hey, uh, okay, you're over tonight. Mm-hmm. Give me the beginning. Okay, yeah. this will be the beginning. What's the turnaround? Okay, that's the turnaround. Then you take it home. Yeah, you, know, you mm-hmm. give me the ending, you give me your finishing move, and you take it home. Oh, the rest will call out in the ring. Yeah, and you you wait for the ref to tell you, okay, guys, wrap it up. Exactly. Exactly. So I have I have serious issues with the way things are done now. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- I think it's no secret to anyone that's watched Wrestling with the Future. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael, how long have we been doing Wrestling with the Future? Four years now. Um, say that again. We're we're doing wrestling with the future. Four years now. Uh, we have four four years now, give or take. Okay. In all this time, if and if you know me as well as I think you do, what is the one thing that I harp on almost constantly? As far as, um, like a wrestling show or. 
my biggest pet peeve in the business. My biggest pet peeve in the business. Let's see. If uh, people not doing. being pro- people not being professional. There you go. Be a pro, and mm-hmm. that's how I started out this show tonight. Mm-hmm. Teal Piper, be a pro. Honor your commitments. Miranda mm-hmm. Gordy, if you're going to charge people money, learn to work first, okay? Because you can't. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to hit somebody up seventy five dollars for a podcast? The last podcast you did for me, young lady, was in your fucking car, okay? At least go inside at a desk and sit down somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or at your kitchen table, if you have one. If not, stand on a milk crate, you know, uh, uh, or and, and, and scream at the moon as mm-hmm. long as someone can hear you. Right. Damn, lady. <laughs> Unbelievable. And, that, and remember when, I, uh, when you asked me to be a guest on your show the very first time? I was like, uh, how are you going to send me that thing again? And you're like, it, and then you're going to send it to me, my, my messenger. And then I'm like, okay. And then I think it was three days later. And I said, we're still going to be doing the show, right? I, I remember I confirmed with you for a second time or yeah, something. Yeah, like you've that. been doing the show for a little while with me now. What's right. the one thing that I hate more than anything? For people not, not to not show. That, one thing I wanna, I'm sorry. One thing I want to bring up, not uh-huh. only that, but if you do go on a podcast, Mm-hmm. Be professional. Exactly. Thank you. Don't, mm-hmm. don't Thank you. take the podcast if you're a guest mm-hmm. on the podcast and try and turn it into your show. Right. I think Which I can come with Angelo three times. <laughs> he's had people on. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. he, and he's had guests on. Mm-hmm. And these people try and turn, take the show and turn uh-huh. it into their show. Yeah. And okay. Angelo, I now. Think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Amelia answered uh-huh. the question that I had. Uh huh. I think I confirmed with you three and times, and I was me that confirmed it with you. <laughs> and here's the biggest pet peeve I have with this show. Mm-hmm. The biggest pet peeve I have with this show, and I asked her the question, and she answered it. Mm-hmm. And it's as simple as this: mm-hmm. If you say you're going to be here, be here. Be here. Yes. That's the one thing. Thankfully. Mm-hmm. Amelia and I are professionals, and thankfully, I got friends like Mike Murphy who will jump in here at a moment's mm-hmm. notice. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm very blessed that way. I've got people that. But remember, Amelia, I said to you yes. today. You know what? I'll get. <laughs> I said I'll get somebody for tonight. I'll mm-hmm. get somebody. Yeah. And what a great subject too. Yeah, and there was what one show that you and I had to do by ourselves, but we did it. We did it together. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And we, and we pulled one through. One of the things I want to talk about also is, um, Mike, you and I have talked about this on another episode, um, so I guess but probably a couple of years ago, when we had, it was you, myself, Dan the Man, and Mike Messier, and we were talking about... Um, Getting yourself over. Now, we're talking about this. That's one thing that we could talk about to nauseam, okay? Getting yourself over. There's a, let me explain to these young smartasses out there the difference between getting over and being over, okay? 
You can get yourself over means get over with the crowd. It doesn't mean get yourself over for your sake. Because mm-hmm. nobody's cheering you for your sake or booing you for your sake. Getting over with the crowd. Mm-hmm. That means what have you done to make them remember you? To hate you or to love you? Yes, and you can get over as a heel. Yes, you can. If they hate you more when you leave mm-hmm. than when you came in, then you got over as a heel. But some of these guys are too stupid to understand what getting over and staying over mean. Okay? Being over. Being over will never go away if you do your job well. Mike Murphy was a heel his whole career. These people wanted to kill this fuck, okay? They hated him. Sometimes I hated him. He would, he, he did it so well. I'm kidding, Murph. No, but you know no, no, Being a heel, getting over as a heel isn't hard. Mm-hmm. Basically, all you got to be is an asshole. Okay, and I, I've been an asshole most of my life. So at least in wrestling, I was doing and getting and getting paid for it. It pays for it, thank mm-hmm. you. But to get over, yeah. to, to to win the crowd over, to have your character tell the story to the crowd in the ring, and then stay in character when you leave the arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now, that's that's getting over. But you, but to do it. To get over for a show, uh, and I'm getting to an instance here. Yeah. Uh, I had a guy that, uh, that I was supposed to wrestle with by the name of Waikushi, and we were doing a show, and he was he was um, he was supposed to go over. When they announced him, he didn't get that big of a pop. Right. When they announced me, I got a huge pop. And he's like, oh, oh dude, I got to put you over. And I'm like, no, no, you will not put me nope. over. And I said, I'm putting you over, but we're changing the ending to the match. That there way, I mm-hmm. that way you go over and I get over and the people love the match. That's how a professional wrestler being in the indie circuit or the big yeah. or the bigs. That's how you get over what you can do yeah. to make the show better. We have a name That's for that. We have a name for that in professional wrestling. It's called psychology. Something that's missing today because everybody is so interested in showing off their fancy moves they've forgotten about psychology because why? Why Murph? Because this is an ego-driven business and everybody wants to put their I, and I love this term Murph I, they all want to get their shit in. Mm-hmm. I love and you know what? Say There's that. nothing wrong during a match getting your stuff in or getting uh, you know some of your special moves. There's nothing wrong with that as long as you don't as go into business for yourself. Story, Murph. Murph, mm-hmm. as long as you're telling the story, I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with getting your shit in as long as you're telling a story and it plays into your character and your story. Exactly. But if you're getting your shit in, like I'll give you a perfect example. 
one of the guy, one the, a, a well-known wrestler too, X Pac. Mm-hmm. X Pac doesn't give a shit about psychology. He just wants to get his shit in. That's all. And I think he's a hell of a personality. He's a nice guy. I met mm-hmm. Sean Waltman a couple times. He's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. But but we disagree on psychology. He his whole thing is gotta get my shit in. Why? They already know what your shit is, Sean. They know what your shit is. You've been wrestling for 35 years. Mm-hmm. You're not a kid. You're my age. Okay? You're my age, brother. You don't have to get your shit in anymore, baby. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, man. It's okay. Oh, now, the, the one thing about unchecked egos that I saw uh, at the tail end of my career uh, was one thing that I was taught to have, excuse me, that I was taught to have in the business, and that is have respect for the guys that came before you. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is lacking seriously in this business, respect for oh. the people who kick down doors so you can do what you're doing, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. and getting paid for it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I just heard this story. I was doing a show in uh, Dillsburg, Pennsylvania. Guy who I'm working, I, I couldn't tell you his name to save my life, but right. the guy who I was working comes up to me and I'm sitting there with uh, a referee, Zach Carlucci, very uh, one of the greatest refs I've ever worked with. Uh, I know who Zach he, is. The I guy don't know comes Zach, up and says, oh, he is. Great guy. Zach well, the guy comes guy. up and he says, hey, man, it's you and me tonight. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to do this, this, and this. Then we're going to turn it around and we're going to do this and this, and then we're going to take it home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just looked at this kid And I said, really? I said, this is how it's going to go. I said, we're going to lock up. I'm going to crush you. I'm going to pin you. And then we're going, and then I'm going home. And I picked up, and I was lacing my boots up at the time. I picked up my other boot and I walked away from him. And I could hear Zach Carlucci tell this kid, congratulations, kid. You just pissed off the nicest guy in the locker room. And I wouldn't want to be you in that ring tonight. Uh-oh. Yeah, and Mike <laughs> I didn't know this squash him like a bug. I didn't know like this kid bug, from remember? a can of paint, and he's going to come into the locker room and he's going to tell me, <laughs> yeah, how it's going to go. I would never even dream of telling a veteran, "Hey, this is what we're going to do tonight." You, you back in the day, you get your ass kicked for that. Oh let yeah. Te- oh, let me tell you about it. people. I want you to listen, people. What he's telling you is in no way bullshit. In fact, there's a very, very famous case, very famous case involving one Lex Luger and one very large Frank Bruiser Brody. (laughs) Okay. A young upstart with a great body named Lex Luger proceeded to tell Bruiser Brody. Mm Mm-hmm. 
what he was going to do with the match. So Lex Luger thinks he's going to tell Bruiser, here's what we're going to do, and I'll do this, and you'll do that. First mm-hmm. of all, if you're if you're in a ring with Frank Bruiser Brody, okay, first yeah. of all, th- there's a couple things you need to be aware of. He's bigger than you, and he's faster than you, number one. Yep. Number mm-hmm. two, he's stronger than you, can crush you like a bug. That's number two. Mm-hmm. Number three, he's the star making all the money, and they're there to yep. see him, not you. Mm-hmm. Okay? There was another little stipulation that Lex Luger forgot about that night, Murph and Amelia. Mm-hmm. They were both inside of a 20-foot-high steel cage with Bill Alfonso as the referee. <laughs> okay? <laughs> and Frank Bruiser Brody Goodish, whose wife I love, Barbara Goodish, and she's mm-hmm. been a guest on this show many, many times, and she's a dear friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Frank said, you know what? Okay, watch this. So he pushes this little shit out the way, and he goes like this, folds his arms, and he stands in the corner. Mm-hmm. And Luger is hitting him. And he's wondering what's happening here. Why isn't he selling for me? First of all, you just told a 20-year veteran in the ring <laughs> What you're going to do and what he's going to do, <laughs> it don't work that way, Junior. No. It don't work that way. Yep, that's absolutely right. Uh-uh, nope. Absolutely right. Monty and the Pharaoh are saying this guy was a re- Yes, he sure was, Mike and Jimmy. Mike Murphy was a professional wrestler some 22 years. Mm-hmm. You have a question for him, please ask. Uh, we glad that take your questions. Uh, uh, you know, look, I said last night we support Monty and the Pharaoh. We support Dan yeah. and Benny. We support Jim Cornette, Vince Russo. We support all these guys. We've decided we're not in the wrestling business anymore. We just that's it. So, you mm-hmm. know, because of that, I can now be friends with Monty and the Pharaoh, which I'm very yeah. happy. because I believe it or not. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to surprise people here. I actually like Mike Monty. He's a really nice guy. He really is. So, you know, Mike, there you go. I got no heat with you, brother. Um, yep. So if they have a question for you, Murph, will you answer their question? I'll on. answer it if I can. Where did he wrestle? Uh, let's see. I started out... Uh, Wrestling for uh, Worldwide Wrestling Alliance. Um, I left Worldwide Wrestling Alliance. Uh, I went to uh, NCW All-Star, which was owned by uh, Angelo. Uh, And then I went to uh, SSW, Superstar Wrestling, which is owned by, uh, well, now owned, it was owned by the late uh, Mike DiMuzio. It's now owned by... uh, a wrestler named Inferno, uh, Corey Gebert. Now, Mike, um, uh, Triple WA, Worldwide Wrestling Alliance. I just want to be clear about it because there's a couple of organizations with that name. Was this Dino Santa? Yes, yes, it was Dino Dino Santa. Santa. Um, How do you guys feel about Sonny? Oh, that's a loaded question. Oh, 
Um, actually, well, I, I had, I had the. Well, I was going to say she was uh, just involved in a um a fatal car accident. Oh no! Uh, in, in believe in Florida, uh, I believe someone passed away in another vehicle. There's two or three cars involved. Um. So yeah, I mean, I'm serious. I'm shooting straight with you guys, Mike and Jimmy. I got no heat with you because I really like I like Mike a lot, but you know, I guess you know. Look, somebody's got to be the scapegoat. Somebody's got to get picked on. I, I guess that's me. I'm cool with it, you know. <laughs> um, so I, I don't have a problem with that, you know. Um, but so Mike, you're I had the meeting Sonny on a show that we did in Atlantic City. And she was a very nice lady. She was there with the late Chris Candido, her husband yeah. at the time. A uh, great guy, really easy to talk to. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I had Chris Candido's brother, Johnny, here. Uh, Johnny Ray. He goes by the name Johnny Ray. Um, he was at that show we did at the Sands Casino in Atlantic City, 2001. And uh, Chris Candido saved that show for us. For those of you who don't know what happened, and I'll tell Mike and, the, and Jimmy what happened, I'll tell Monty and the Pharaoh, we did a show at the Sands Casino in Atlantic City. Uh, Pat Tanaka was scheduled to be on my show. He broke his shoulder in Japan. Um, so I get a telegram that day. He's not showing up. So I'm thinking, okay, I, I'm going to be out, you know, at least at least out one person. So maybe I'm going to have to finagle things around. Who shows up to the show? Chris Candido and Tammy, Sonny, okay? And by that point, she owned her name. She just bought her name from WWF at the time. And they're wonderful, wonderful people. Sonny was a great woman. Uh, she talked to my uh, my ex-wife, now ex-wife, um, the entire time. And uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful show. We raised a lot of money. For the American Red Cross, um, so that's what we did, and uh, and Chris and Sonny were great people to us. Um, I think yeah. it's sad that Sonny has such a a troubled history of alcohol and drug abuse. Um, she's obviously not getting what she needs emotionally or mentally, and I hope that there's a, a doctor or someone out there who can help her. Because she really is a sweet girl who I think is seriously misled. I really believe that. So that's how I feel about Sonny, uh, Mike and Jimmy. Um, Amelia, how do you feel about Tammy yeah. Stitch, Sonny? Well, I, I feel about the same way. And I know that uh, she had uh, some miscommunications with uh, another female uh, wrestler. And I know that she didn't want to be a part of drugs anymore. And I know that she wants to get help from what I understood. Yeah. What do you think of um, Mike? And I'm going to ask you this question. What do you think of the uh, adult video? She did. She did a very explicit uh, adult video. Um, I'm not going to, you know, put down anybody who does things for money because people do all kinds of things for money. Um, and she wasn't breaking any law at the time. She earned it legitimately. But mm -hmm. still, you've got to remember that she's got this history 
as the WWF diva, WWE diva. Mm-hmm. Now she's doing porn. It's the same thing that they kept China out of the Hall of Fame for. Mm-hmm. But yet, because I guess because Sonny did it after the fact, mm-hmm. it's a different story. Um, I'm, I'm kind of uh, a mixed bag on that one. I understand both sides of that story. Not sure I agree with the whole um, punishment. You know, some people want to take her, um, her, take her Hall of Fame away, her Hall of Fame status. She's already sold her Hall of Fame ring. We know that. Mm-hmm. She talked about it. Um, but any other questions that uh, Monty and the Pharaoh have, please fire away. Please fire away. Um, Amelia, questions yes. for Mike Murphy on unchecked egos in wrestling. Well, I was um, I was watching uh, the AEW uh, when uh, the coronavirus was still going on, and they were trying to get it back on the air to kind of get the audience interested again, and they were only allowing like some of the producers on just to kind of like have a little bit of an audience. I don't know if you watched some of that. And you could still hear the ring going back and forth. Going back. And you could see, I don't know if you saw some of that, but you could see where they missed their mark and how they were, you know, choreographing a lot of that. Yeah. Did you ever see part of that? Uh, no, I, I'll be honest with you. As With AEW, I'm, uh, I'm what you would call a Johnny-come-lately, uh, mostly because... I, I didn't really get into AEW at first because I thought, oh, well, it's just going to be another Fed who's got some money, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it would be short lived. Uh, so I didn't really put a lot of stock in it. Then uh, I started watching it, and I started mm-hmm. seeing again. I started seeing like MJF. Mm-hmm. I started seeing yeah. some of the uh, wrestlers were picking up, mm-hmm. and I I started getting. But I'm like. Okay, hey, they have something here. Yeah. Uh, during during the COVID era, I didn't see a lot of it. Um, but I think what AEW has done is one thing that WWE doesn't do. WWE exactly. starts out, well, they start out and you have 20 to 30 minutes of talking, then maybe you have a match. Mm-hmm. Where AEW... Yeah. They start right off the bat with a match. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we were talking about before, Murph. Oh, by the way, Leon Barfield said, Sonny friended me on Facebook, then tried to sell me porn. When I said no, she blocked me. I'm not surprised, Leon. Um, it sounds like something she would do. She, and it's really a shame because she is a troubled girl. Mm-hmm. But she's also a very sweet girl. I will say that. Uh, I'm blowing no smoke up anyone's ass. She's a really nice girl. And she's smart. She's intelligent. But she's... she's you know, Angelo... Sorely the misled. Fact, the fact that she did porn... The fact that she did porn... I mean, what, what a person does take money... That, that's none of my business. I know. Exactly. How make a living is not, none of my business. Yeah, it could be I also a cry for help as well. 
Can I answer this? Yes, exactly. Exactly. It was a trial. Uh -huh. Amelia, can I answer your question for you? Sure. Sure. Go ahead. When when Jeff, the God rest his soul, uh, the late Jeff, the ref, um, mm -hmm. when Jeff, the ref and I started this show, mm -hmm. AEW was really coming into its own. Mm -hmm. We actually started this show probably a year before AEW. Okay. And when AEW came along, we had great hopes for it. Yeah. And I said, I remember saying to Jeff at the time, I said, Jeff, I think professional wrestling is coming back mm -hmm. because they were doing things old school and the look was different and it yes. felt different and it was new and fresh. And mm -hmm. then they did something, Mike Murphy that I could kick them for. They turned into WWE. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. that I will I will never understand. I will never understand why in, of all the people in the world, why are you going to model yourself after mm -hmm. Vince? Please. Mm -hmm. uh, he's um... making money, but he's also bleeding money like crazy, mm -hmm. you know, he's no, that's true. millions because yeah, we saw it was coming back on the air. And my son's yeah. like, well, let's watch it, mom, because look, they're going to have some people on there, at least some people to at least start to cheer them on. Because at first when they didn't have anybody on, it looked kind of like, like it was like really, really fake. You could, you know, it, there was so much in their market and, and they were thought they thought, well, let's get some people on there so we can start cheering. Maybe it's not going to be as fake and they won't see us miss their mark, the mark as much. But you could still see it. It was so bad. It was so more fake than ever. Even with the people watching them kind of clap like, yeah, go. It wasn't like back then. Like, you know, you could still see a lot of it. That was so bad missing their mark here. Oh, oh wait, you should down here. You could even hear them say, oh, wait, you know, you could hear them still. Yeah. 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 Mm hmm. So Murph, um, okay, I'm giving you the book. I'm giving you the pencil. I'm saying Mike Murphy is now the czar of professional wrestling in America. What's <laughs> you got that look on your face like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know if I'd call myself. I, I'd say I'm far from a wrestling czar. Angela, you got to remember in the bill, I was a ham and egger, man. <laughs> Brother, let me tell you something about being a ham and egger, okay? Uh -huh. And all those ham and eggers out there, I want you to listen to me. Bam Bam Bigelow called himself a ham and egger, okay? Bam Bam. Right. Bob Bagwell called himself a ham and egger. Dusty Rhodes called himself a ham and egger. Ric Flair called himself a ham and egger. Mm-hmm. Okay. You get where I'm going with this. You know? The ham and uh, well, egg. Yeah, but I, I'm a... The, the ham and egger, brother, is the backbone of pro wrestling. If it's not for the ham and egger, you don't have superstars. Yeah, you but you know what, that. Angelo? I was never on the level, nor have I ever claimed to be, 
on the level as a Hammonegger of a Dusty Rose or a Ric Flair. I I would never claim to be that. My point is very simple, and you, you're making my point for me. My point is they all started out as Hammonegger's. That's my point. And they became who they became through hard work and a little bit of luck. That didn't that didn't hurt them. Have, well, I had the hard luck. work. I just didn't have the luck. <laughs> well, here's the thing, and that's a very valid point. Look, there are a lot of guys who got incredible talent out there, and I will not take that away from them. They mm-hmm. and I will never take someone's talent away. But let me tell you something, brother. There's a lot of guys out there who are very gifted, but don't have that that boost that fire in under their ass to get them going they don't have somebody like a um a ted turner or a tony khan or they don't have somebody like a um uh, um a guy who else or like a bill bush or somebody like that that's got a little stroke you know oh yeah no i agree but and that's what saddens me is that You've got a, a bunch of really, you know, and, and I'm not going to take anything from the new guys either. A lot of them are ego driven. No question about it. But there's a lot of these new guys that are really, really good. But they'll never see the light of day. They'll never see the light of day. You know what they'll see? They'll see the light of the high school gym. They'll see the light at the uh, the armory. You know, mm-hmm. they'll see the, 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 um, the ring lights of the uh, um, the Levittown Boys Club or the uh, the Lansdale Community Center, you know, but they won't see the bright lights of the garden or, mm-hmm. you know, or the, the Wells Fargo Center or whatever the case may be, you know? Well, you know what, Angelo, and I, I, I want to say this. I knew uh, when I got into professional wrestling, I started uh, – when I was 30 years old, I started too late. Okay. Right. I, I trained at the wild Samoans gym under Afa and Hawaii. Yep. Uh, I also did some training at the monster factory when uh, Larry Sharp owned it. God bless. I and I, know. Basically, I took myself, I put myself out there, but I knew I wasn't ever going to make the big time. I knew I was never going to be in WWE or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I took my career and in the Indies, I made it the best I could. And, you know, for that five, 10, 15 minute match or whatever I was in, be it at a farmer's market, a high school gymnasium, a rec center, whatever. For that moment in time, for those moments in time, I would, I look at my, hey, I was a star then, even for only, that 15 minutes, I was a star. And or, I was in a, that. Or, or in a gambling casino in Atlantic City. <laughs> or, well, you know what? And I tell people, I tell people the two biggest places that I ever wrestled at was the San Sotel Casino in Atlantic City, which unfortunately isn't there anymore. Yeah, it's all gone. And Nothing the, but in memory now. <laughs> in Pennsylvania, the Hamburg Fieldhouse. That's where the WWF used to do their television tapings. People don't and know that. I, and I can say that, I mean, you know, 
I had when I was with SSW. How many wrestlers can say they had Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant as a special guest referee for for their match? Well, not a lot of people. You know, you know, I've I've met some of the greats. I've shook hands and hung out with some of the greats. And you know what? Sure, my career was strictly in the Indies, but you know what? I to myself, I had a great career. And I'm not yep. ashamed to say I was in the Indies. Bro, and I, and that's the whole thing. Everybody is so intent anymore on becoming a star. They forgot how to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I hope everybody just heard what I said. Exactly. Because I'm going to say it again. Everybody is so intent on being a star, they forgot how to be a wrestler. Okay? It's called professional wrestling on the marquee outside. There's yep. a reason for that. Check out Eagles at the because door. if it was ballet... It would say ballet tonight at the armory, not wrestling. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, Alpha had a sign up in his gym, and it says, Be careful of the toes you step on today. They may just be attached to the ass that you have to kiss tomorrow. Exactly. Great sign. Exactly. We, who do we, we said that last night. Mm-hmm, we, exactly. We said that last night on the show, talking to a Las Vegas entertainer, dear friend of mine, Steve McCoy. Yes. I grew up with him, mm-hmm. and he said one of the things that you got to understand, you know, those those lips that you kissed on the way up, they're attached to the ass you're going to kiss on the way down. Way down, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I've burned my share of bridges and I've stepped on some toes, but I never once went to a promoter and complained about another wrestler. Uh, I never threw another wrestler under the bus. Right. At least unless he, you know, I mean, really deserved it. Let me tell you the mindset of a pro wrestler, Mike. And you know this to be true. I paid guys better 20 years ago better than most guys are paying people today yes. okay oh, that's, the, that's the truth it's amazing how many people shit on me and threw me under the bus after I just gave him a hundred dollar bill yeah okay because then they want to come back to you and try to big time you for more money. First of all, motherfucker, that $100 bill you got was out of my generosity. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being part of my show. Thank you for bringing these people into the to the room tonight. Yeah. We got 500 mm-hmm. people here. Thank you. You mm-hmm. helped. Mm-hmm. That $100 bill is not an indication of you're going to get this all the time. Right. If you're lucky, you might get more. Mm-hmm. But if you're very unlucky, you may leave with a handshake and a coupon for McDonald's. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I Hey, I've, I've done shows where I was handed an envelope where I traveled four and a half, five, eight hours. I did my gig, 
and you know and i and i didn't cut out early i stayed right. for the whole show because mm -hmm. you never know when they may say hey we need you on a on a tearaway or something exactly mm -hmm. and then got yeah, a hand, an envelope handed to me and i open yeah. it up and there's 10 bucks in there the rule of thumb and and mike you know this to be true amelia here's the rule of thumb mm -hmm. you never leave your house unless you've got your gear packed in your trunk mm -hmm. you always have a gear bag packed in fact a couple of years ago murphy and i went to see a local show here in new jersey first thing he says to me should i take my gear with me I said, I don't think you're going to need it, but I know it was in his truck anyway. You know? Mm -hmm. There it is. There's the gear bag, oh, it's, and it's packed. It's packed. Yes, and it is. Mm -hmm. And he's got his tights <laughs> and his boots and his shirt in there, and I know it. <laughs> he's got his whole outfit in there. I know. His whole gimmick. Yep. Because you that, never know. That, exactly. I'll tell you what, man, this has been a fast hour. Holy shit. It has. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. And we started exactly 7 o'clock tonight, too. Oh, my gosh. Where did the time oh, go? Oh, that wow. means cookies must be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Mike, you want to hang out for a little bit with us? Uh, yeah, I'll be able to hang out a little bit. Good. Good. So let, let me ask you a question. And what do you think about what's going on with the... Um, the much talked about sale of WWE, the, the, the apparently what they're doing, um, from what I understand, is they are selling off big chunks of assets. Mm -hmm. What do you make of this? What, what do you think they got in mind? Um, you know, to be honest, I really haven't kept track of it. To really have an opinion on it. Last I heard, Dwayne Johnson and some backers were making a bid. That's yeah. the last I heard of it, to be honest with you. Amelia, you know what that's all about, right? We we're talking about the, the Rock and his investors. Yeah, I heard that there was, he was kind of an investor, but I didn't know who the investor was. Yeah, he had a couple of money people from Hollywood, some mm -hmm. bankers and some Hollywood hotshots. Um, I will tell you, I've, here's what I feel. I do have a little bit of information. The Rock is a serious contender mm -hmm. for to, to buy a, the vast majority of WWE. He's a he's a number one. He's the number one contender because he's got the money and his people have the money to make it happen. Mm -hmm. I don't think, however, because not because of his money or lack thereof, but I don't think Vince McMahon's ego is going to let that happen. Now, tell me if you think I'm wrong. Um, I think if, uh, if The Rock bought into WWE, mm -hmm. I think you may see a resurgence in professional wrestling. That's mm -hmm. where... Thank you, Michael. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Michael. That's where I'm going with it. Yes. That's where I'm going with it. I'm hoping, I'm hoping a wrestling person buys it. Yes. I'm hoping a wrestling person buys it. I mean, just to show you where Vince McMahon's head is, he's partnering with a guy named Nick. Check the last name out. Nick Khan. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, Tony Khan's uh, father, I think. No, no, no? relation. No, I oh, can't okay. No relation to the Khan family at mm-hmm. all. The hmm. other interesting thing that just happened, and this was a, a this was a head fuck for a lot of people. Cody Rhodes. Yes. Who pretty much started AEW single-handedly with his brother mm-hmm. and the Young Bucks. He's with WWE again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he loves AEW. Here's well, they offered him a boatload of money. I mean, you know. <laughs> well, here it, it's the money. It was one thing. I want people to follow me on this. Here's what's really at stake. And I want I'm going to bring my my picture up here because I want you to listen to me. Here's what's really at stake because it's important. The Rhodes legacy and the Rhodes name is at stake. Mm-hmm. Cody wants to own his father's name, Dusty mm-hmm. Rhodes. It's owned by WWE. Mm-hmm. How they did that, I will never know because Dusty Rhodes was Dusty Rhodes before WWE. Okay? Right. In fact, Dusty Rhodes wrestled for the WWF mm-hmm. in 1974 in Madison Square Garden against superstar Billy Graham. The cowbell match, that famous cowbell match, Mm -hmm. it was a fucking bloodbath. It was a bloodbath. One of the greatest cowbell matches ever. Mm -hmm. In fact, even forget about that, one of the greatest wrestling matches ever. But you got to remember something, Mike and Amelia. Vince owns... The Great American Bash. He owns, he owns Starcade. Okay? Think about that. Which Dusty came up with. Thank you. Uh-huh. Cody wants that. That's the deal they made. You uh-huh. come here, wrestle for me. I'll give you this stuff that you want. But I, it's what you want. Here's what I want. Mm-hmm. I want you to leave that company you started and come back. Come back home is what Vince said. Come yeah. back home. Playing yeah. on the heartstrings, because let's be honest about it, that's where he started. Yeah. And we can't yeah. argue with that. Yeah, we can't true. argue with that. That's where he started. I'll you tell know? you what. I saw some of uh, WrestleMania... And I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm sorry. And I, I gotta tell you, the and I, I hate to say this because I was a fan of this man. Yeah. Uh Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. <clears throat> I my opinion now, and I know I'm gonna catch a lot of heat for this. Worst match that I've seen in a long, long time. I mean, I've seen some bad matches, but this was just god-awful. I heard. Mm -hmm. I heard. They were shitting all Go on YouTube and watch it. It's actually, to me, it's cringeworthy. 
you know what's funny? You said those words because that's what someone actually wrote. The mm-hmm. most the most cringeworthy moment of WrestleMania 38. Mm-hmm. Owens Austin. Here's yeah. the funny thing about it. Here's the funny thing about it. You know me. I'm a historian. I like the backstory. Ten years ago, Steve Austin met Kevin Owens. Owens was a young teenager. He was a fan. Right? He was like 17, 18 years old, right? Yes. And here's a picture of him and Steve Austin. Here's 10 years later. Now, the two of them are wrestling together at WrestleMania. Okay? So don't tell me dreams can't come true. They can come true. But it also tells me be careful of what you dream about and be careful of what you wish for because you just might get it. <laughs> you know? Now, Angelo, I got a Kevin Owens story for you. There you go. Uh, and it, it's, it's, no, it's no big secret that when I wasn't wrestling that I would drive a truck. I delivered uh, dumpsters in the local area, you know, construction dumpsters. Sure. Everybody there's a, a shoot job in wrestling. There's a, a shoot job. there's a hall uh, in Upper Darby, PA called the Tower Theater. Oh, my God. Of course. I know it well. Okay. And I in the Tower Theater, there's not a bad there's not a bad place in, or bad seat in the whole place. I know. It's a great theater. Well, next door to the Tower Theater is a movie theater one of those dinner movie theater type plays. They were in the process of converting it to that. Yeah. And I was switching out one of the construction dumpsters there. Well, NXT happened to be doing a show at the tower theater. Right. And as I'm, you know, finishing up, switching out the dumpster, I'm getting ready to leave. I see this guy kind of heavy set, walking with a young lady. He's got a rollaway bag with him. Beard, short cropped hair, beard and everything. And to be honest with you, I, I didn't realize it until I, I wa- watched NXT one night. It was Kevin Owens. On TV. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Kevin Owens. And I, I the funny thing is, I said to him, I said, how's it going? He said, oh, hey, how you doing? And here the funny thing was is I knew by the rollaway bag, oh, and I didn't think he was, you know, well known in NXT. I thought, oh, okay, here's one of the workers. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> sure. And here it was, Kevin Owens. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, man, it's a, it's remarkable um, when you come up with these stories. Um, it was I stood. <laughs> funny how this happened. I stood five feet away from Hulk Hogan and never realized it was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of shit that happens to, to wrestlers. It was <laughs> at the airport Marriott in Philly. Okay. They all used to go to the Marriott and have drinks and eat. And, you know, and a lot of them stayed there at the hotel. Well, I didn't realize it at the time, but. I hear these guys talking, and I had my back to them, so I wasn't, like, facing them. It wasn't until I was getting ready to leave, I got up and turned around, and I realized who the fuck was behind me. <laughs> Not, like, maybe three to five feet. And I looked up, and I kept looking up, because I'm a short shit, 
and he's like, you know, fucking at the time, like six foot, like legit six foot ten. Yeah. Now he's like six foot four because he lost a lot of vertebrae. Yeah. In his back. But yeah, and I my I my head was craning <laughs> up like this, and I was like, "Damn, you you a tall glass of water, ain't you?" Holy shit! <laughs> Damn. But mm-hmm. yeah. The yeah, one wrestler that I never met that I wish and hopefully sometime in the near future I'll I'll get the chance to uh Mark Calloway, the Undertaker. Taker, yes. I would love I would absolutely love to meet him. I watched a show the other night called Hot Wings. I've seen that one. I saw the Undertaker with tears down his face because these wings were burning him so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, for, you know, and he's a big boy. He can eat. He can put some food away. Oh, yeah. But this little bottle of hot sauce, this fucking big, <laughs> put him, all six foot ten of him, put him to his knees. <laughs> he was red and crying like a baby. He goes, mm-hmm. Ooh, and then drinking milk and shit. And he says, I don't like milk. I like bourbon. <laughs> you don't want to drink bourbon with hot sauce, brother, because it's just going to intensify it. It's just going to make it worse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But he, so first of he, all, he, he's the one mate I never got a chance to uh, get. And I yeah, really would yeah. like, I would love to just sit there with him for like, 20 minutes and just pick his brain. Amelia, how about you? Who, who's on your your go-to list? I mean, um, I, know the, I know that, you know, let's be honest about Gino Hernandez is, is deceased. I'm sure you would have loved to meet Gino, but among the living, who's uh, who's your what? who's your go-to now? Well, I know that I've came up face-to-face with him, but um, Gino, when I was younger, but uh, I've actually met Ric Flair. I've talked to him, me and my sister, when we were lo- uh, younger. He actually I'm asked sorry. me. Yeah. He so, asked has, it, so has Murph, yeah. Uh, he actually <laughs> asked me and my sister where the concession stands were. So, And his security was with him. He's like, come on, I'm going to go with these girls. He's like, we'll go with you, Mr. Flair. He's like, no, these two girls are not going to harm me. I'm just going to go get some popcorn, and I'm going to buy these girls some soda. Come on, just leave me alone. So they did. So yeah. it was just fun talking to him for those like 10, 20 minutes. And it was just really nice. He was a really nice guy. He really is. Murph, you want to tell your version of the story? <laughs> and, uh, and of course, Hulk Hogan is not too far from here. Uh, right. And of course, the Undertaker does live here in Florida. Um, yeah. John Cena, we've seen him walk across the street from where my daughter is one of her stores at Tobacco Depot. So he'd be, I think, a nice person to meet uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Is one of the two people. Uh, I w- one person also. Uh, I did get to meet Nicola Roberts. Thanks to you, Angelo. Uh, that was one of the yeah. people that I did want to meet. And You're I, welcome. And that uh, that's who I really wanted to meet. Well, no, not only that, but you got to, to interview her as well. I did. I did. Thanks to you. Yeah. So I'm very fortunate. I will honestly, I'll tell you, I don't have a, a wish list or a go-to list because. Mm-hmm. Of being in the business as long as I've been there mm-hmm. and doing the show, I've actually got to meet and talk to almost literally everybody that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I would have loved back in the day 
I would have mm-hmm. loved to talk to somebody like Gorgeous George mm-hmm. or somebody like um, Haystack. Yes. Well, no, Luthez I met. and In fact, I showed mm-hmm. the picture last week. Mm-hmm. I showed uh, Amelia, remember? I showed. Yes, you did. Uh, I remember. Yeah. That was a great picture. I showed my pictures with The Rock, Luthez, mm-hmm. Killer Kowalski, um, The Masked Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my God! All them, oh, the, you know, yeah, way old school. Um, Harley Race. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a funny story with Harley. Um, and I think Wahoo McDaniel. I would have liked to have met him, especially introduce him to my dad. Wahoo, yeah, yes, my uh, dad's favorite wrestler. Met Gorgeous George. Yes, I love them. Met Haystacks Calhoun. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe I would have liked to meet. The guy with the ugliest face in wrestling, the French angel. Mm-hmm. Remember him, Murph, the French angel? Was it, His... Wasn't that Rene Goulet? No, 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 no. The French angel had a hideous looking face. In fact, his face, is, even to this day, his face is the number one selling Halloween mask really? of all time. I want to see if I can get a picture up uh, for you. Um, uh, let me see. The French Angel. Oh, God. Let me think here. Um, <coughs> yeah, Amelia, go ahead and, and talk to Murph. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I uh, I had the... Hot damn. Oh, you found it. Well, tell me the Ric Flair story. that. He oh, was yeah. Tell me the Ric Flair story. I was... Uh, Working uh, security at a horror con in New Jersey, uh-huh. and uh, my girlfriend at the time was working with me, uh-huh. and she was on the phone to Indiana at, at one point. She was on the phone to her sister in Indiana, and I happened to become walking up, and Ric Flair went into the signing room, and she, I heard my girlfriend tell her sister, you'll never guess who just walked by me. Ric Flair. Well, he heard this and he came out and, you know, because of course he heard his name mentioned Mm -hmm. and he proceeded. uh, And I think he kind of got the hint because he, he started to try and pick up my girlfriend right in front of me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He And And I'm standing there glaring at him. And I think that's when he got the hint. Oh, that's her old man. <laughs> you know? And then yeah. he just turned and walked into the signing room. <laughs> I found I found a picture. I'm going to show it to you. Okay. You and by the way, he's also famous for something else. Um, hold on a second. Let me see here. Ah, uh, here we go. This Excuse is the me. French Angel. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's famous for something else, and you're going to see in a moment. He's very hairy, as you can see. But this is his claim to fame. He's yeah. the person. Oh, okay. They modeled Shrek after him. Okay. He had a very large head, and as you can see, he had very short arms. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. I hope his family's getting royalties. <laughs> I know, right? Actually, they should. They are. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's the that is the French angel. And take, then look at this, Murph. 
He's got what's, what's... George the Animal Steel's body mm-hmm. and, yeah. Shrek's, and Shrek's head. Look mm. at them cauliflower ears, brother. Mm-hmm. That looks like a that looks like a, a Bigfoot love child. I'm telling you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the French angel. He is, and he's the person that the Shrek was modeled after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for real. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's talk about um, what's going on with you, Murph. Uh, where can people get a hold of you? How can, uh, if anybody wants to book you for, um, you know, for for anything, uh, they got so, something for, you know, maybe a ring announcer or um, a special guest referee, uh, battle royal. How can they get a hold of you? Uh, I can be found on Facebook. Uh, that's about it. I mean, I. My my wrestling career. If I do anything, I'll do like a uh, a charity show or something like that. Right. Uh, last said, I can be found on Facebook. Um, under Michael Murphy. Under Michael Murphy, yeah, and uh, that's uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Terrific, Amelia. Where can people reach you? How can they get a hold of your social? Uh, my Facebook is Amelia Valerio Chapman, or uh, Gmail is aachap70 at Gmail, uh, or they can reach me here with you on Tuesday and Thursday nights. And you can reach Amelia at wrestlingwiththefuture at gmail.com if okay. you've got questions or you want her phone number or you want to ask her out on the date. <laughs> and uh, if, or if you owe her money. You can, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can reach her at wrestlingwiththefuture at gmail.com. Send checks payable to Angelo DeCipio, treasurer. <laughs> and as far as I, um, you can reach me at um, oh, a bunch of places. Uh, you can reach me at <laughs> Mad Dog DeCipio on Facebook and that Twitter, Mad Dog DeCipio. You can reach me at Angelo Thomas DeCipio also on Facebook. Or any one of our pages, Wrestling with the Future page on Facebook, Talk is Cheap podcast page on Facebook. You can reach us on Twitter, Twitch, um, oh my God, um, YouTube, Facebook. We've got oh, Instagram, um, Instagram oh, as well. Instagram, I forgot about that. We have an yes. Instagram. I keep forgetting. Yes. Oh, yes, yes on TikTok, mm-hmm. Wrestling with the Future on TikTok. Uh, and it's uh, it is at wrestling with the future on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to find any wrestling stuff, but you'll find a shitload of food because I like collecting <laughs> food stuff. <laughs> I'm a and if you and if you want to pay Angelo or oh, and since you owe him money, people. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> if you owe me money, uh, address the envelopes care of Michael Murphy, Landale, <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> I would say if you want to date Angelo, but I don't know if they would like that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so on behalf of Mike Murphy Armageddon, on behalf of Amelia Bellario Chapman, I am Angelo, the Mad Dog Decipio. Join us again each and every Tuesday and Thursday for Talk is Cheap, for Wrestling with the Future, and Monday nights, tune in to Pete Wilcox right here on the WWTF Network for having coffee with the King and devotional walk with Jesus. Take care, everybody. We love you tonight. Good night, folks.